that was a good season. Um, I don't know how you felt about it. Woo-wee. Um, it's just, it's been a fun ride because we, I didn't know what Rick and Morty was for the longest time, I think. Maybe half of season one had gone through and I was like, oh, everybody's, you know, buzzing about this show. And, and I don't pay attention to a lot of the buzz because, you know, I know a lot of people who just like bad shit. And, you know, there's a lot of shows. So you don't want to, you know, there's just a lot of shows out there. Did you? So I didn't want to like, I, did, I invested halfway through, I think, season one. And season, then got you looped in. Season one came out in 2012, right? Something like that, yeah. I mean, I don't know. What am I? Wikipedia? I don't remember when it came out. I'm just trying to think how long it's been out on the on the air. Well, I don't think it's that. It's, oh, so it looks like season one was 2014. 2014, right, okay. Right. And then season two came out in October of 2015. And then we just had um, October. Oh, April of 2017 was season three. Yeah. She always has these questions. You throw these things at me. I do all this preparation, and then we get in here, and you go, um, what is pie? <laughs> so thanks. Thanks for that. What's your breakfast? Thanks. For, I mean, I know that you're the engineer, and you have to, like, mix this while we do it, and we always talk about that. You know how hard it is to mix and also focus and co-host? So I get it. I should know everything about the show. You need to know stuff. Mostly I just sat and watched a bunch of uh, videos of Justin Roiland getting drunk and doing voiceover for Rick and Morty. I love him. That was funny. I like that um, that other one, the uh, the prayer hotline one too. Yeah, when he called the prayer hotline and yeah. started speaking in tongues back to the lady. I love Justin Roiland. Like Dan Harmon, I worry about them and also uh, appreciate what they do. Uh, so yeah, so season one, we had Rick demonstrating, you know, who he was. We got to see the world of Rick and Morty specifically that, you know, uh, this mad scientist is, you know, rolling all over the universe and he's taken along his somehow inferior grandson with him. And you think, what the hell is this show? So if you're just new to it, it takes you like a few episodes to go, what is this? You know, it's it's very noisy because Royland's voice is very, you know, it's just, it's loud. But it's when you get to, it's probably episode four or five in season one that you're like, holy shit. When they actually die. Yeah, that's, um, I, I was looking that up. That is, uh, uh, what's the name of that? It's Rick Potion number nine. Yeah. And that, what was episode? That was the one that spun you. Yeah. I mean, until then, then I was... you got it. You were like, I'm watching this really noisy, loud... Yeah. I'd rather be watching Bob's Burgers, what the fuck is this kind of thing. Well, no, I mean, it's like... No, I'd rather be watching this than Bob's Burgers. Well, now. But at the time, I think you were having a hard time getting into it, like I was. Well, I, I, have, right? a hard, I have a hard time getting into a lot of the, um, like... You know, an the, animated show. Yeah, game. I think the only one that I was like, okay, I wish... I want more of this was Boondocks. Yeah. I didn't get into Archer. I'm not really into BoJack Horseman, although when you play it, I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, Bob's Burgers, I can watch or fall asleep to, but I like Bob's Burgers. Um, what else is out there? there? And then all the weird stuff, I just don't. It's just tons of stuff. Yeah. I mean, Adult Swim is just, like, rife with stuff. But, I mean, I think, and again, there's a certain kind of bro humor that I love and adore. I mean, I, I love me a good fart joke. 
Um, I love sex jokes. I like any secretion. Fart kind of and thing. poop jokes are always like with Jerry, like in the pouch of that creature, and its balls are hitting him in the face. <laughs> I mean, that's right up my alley. But there's, you know, like Assy McGee and shows like that on Adult Swim. I love, but this one, I think the reason it appeals to so many people is because it's it's like watching somebody go to therapy drunk. It's like watching someone who's just being as honest as they possibly can. And you've got Justin Roiland and Dan Harmon, too. Two very troubled, honest, raw people who ponder death and the meaning of life just going through the drive through yeah. So you take these fucked up kind of like individuals and you put them on a show. And I think that's why this works is that this is a show about a cartoon grandfather, a mad scientist who takes his grandson around the, the multiverse. But it really is just about like those things you ponder sober drunk in the middle of the night. And, um, sometimes the show feels like it's on the brink of suicide. I'm not talking about that storyline. I'm talking about the the creators. And sometimes I feel like they're just like, life is meaningless and life is bullshit. But I think they also have kind of a through line on this because season one was, okay, here's the world of, of Rick and here's how he's superior. And there's some fun adventures and they, there's a lot of riffing that Justin does in the booth that they then animate too, like the inner, uh, what is it? The inner dimensional, uh, cable. Yeah. Yeah. Always a favorite. And, and I love that they're also self referential on the show in a way that is not obnoxious. You know, we were going to do this, but never going to do that. They talk about story arts and they're very self-aware and there is no fourth wall. It's, it's awesome. And we get more of that in season two where things start to slip for Rick. He starts to see that he's a scourge, that he's not as perfect as he believes in his brain. Um, We get to see kind of Rick slipping and you get to see the family sort of rising, but you also get to see Jerry and Beth's marriage uh, start to dissolve. Yeah. And how their whole thing is that she got knocked up with uh, Summer at 17 and became this horse doctor and could have had a better life. And Rick resents, um, you know, him for it and wants Jerry gone. And it sort of ends with this. He goes to prison. Rick does at the end of uh, season Season two. two. Seemingly to sacrifice Federation prison or something like he that. Goes right? Feder- he goes to the, the, the Federation prison and he's already taken down the Citadel and blah, blah, blah. And he kind of, they do take it some, somewhere. So it's not just like a couple of guys free associating in a bar. There is ultimately this beautiful arc to it. There is a story in there. And by the time we get to season three, uh, Rick has usurped Jerry's power. He's taken over as the patriarchy. Um, but he sucks at it. He's terrible at it. Um, he turns himself into a fucking pickle so he won't have to go to family therapy. Pickle Rick. Pickle Rick. Probably one of the best episodes <laughs> of the season. And, uh, you know, he even, like, afterwards, the kids are in the back going, he really need help. And him, he just, like, turns to his daughter and let's, let's go get a drink. No. Let's go get drunk. You know, fuck this. And the kids are in the back going, we really like that therapist. We really wanted to talk to her. Yeah, that's the craziness about this show that I, I, I see is that um, with you know, just within all the fart and bro and poop jokes, it's just this really dark story. It's of, kind of where my mind goes when I don't sleep at night. Yeah, it's like I relate to this show. It's like we're, we're I don't know if yeah, it's healthy. Where we're a lot of us spend a lot of time in, you know, just living day to day. So 
I also like how the show kind of picks on things. Like, are you wasting your life? There's this clip, like when there, there's this, um, when we're in the, uh, what was it called? What was the scenario where Rick has erased all of Morty's memories? Oh yeah. Oh, um, mind blown or, or something like that. Yeah. Whatever. Morty's mind blown, Morty's mind blowns or whatever it's called. Um, you know, you get to where Rick has not only removed a bunch of memories of Morty's, he's removed more the memories of Morty's where, where Morty is actually right. He, he, he removes, you know, him winning at checkers over Rick or him using the word, um, grateful wrong. Was it? Uh, uh, take it for, uh, for, gran- for granted. granted. <laughs> so he removes that. So he's editing how Morty sees him and he's lost control of Morty in season three. Clearly he's lost control yeah. of Morty in many, many universes. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, across all the, you know, even the, yeah, like you're saying the different time spectrums, that, yeah. I mean, universes. He, he slipped with yeah. Morty. Morty is like gaining the upper hand. And we had this, we had this at the uh, Federation. Now we have this evil Morty in charge. He takes over the, uh, the Citadel. Yeah. He was like our sleeper candidate. Like, um, there was a, there's a film that came out back in the nineties called Mr. Robertson. It really felt like Mr. Robertson to me. Like the guy seemed like the good guy, the people of the people also facing the crowd with Andy Griffith back in the days. Um, so it was very much like that. So this seemingly good guy turns out to be like this evil piece of shit who takes over the world. But there's just, there's so many, so many things packed in this show. Like how they make the crackers out of the, you know, simple Rick's love for his daughter. And oh, then yeah, the, the, uh... the coup at the factory. And then they turn his hope and freedom into the new flavor for the crackers and the wafers. Yeah. yeah That's just, I mean, it's just, Dark. It's very Shit, dark. Man. It's very fucking dark. And then there's just hilarious stuff like giving the president like half a t-shirt to wear when it comes out of like the... Because <laughs> he likes his, his junk to swing around. Like the, uh, yeah, he likes to swing his dick around. <laughs> so, and then we learn like some interesting things that Rick has this irrational fear of pirates. <laughs> He's like, oh no, that's, that's true. Right. Uh, Mr. Poopy Butthole proposing to Morty. That was in the the Morty's Mind Blowers yeah. episode, yeah. I don't know why. But we never I, saw that. I don't why remember ever seeing that. I find that funny. Yeah. Uh, but he's moved on. He has his own family now, Mr. Poopy Butthole. But, like, there's so much going on with uh, the season three. You know, there there's something they haven't gotten to, like, what actually happened the day that Rick invents the portal gun. He has this loving family um, he wants to stay where there. He just wants to tinker in the garage, and he's about to give up being a scientist when another Rick from another dimension, obviously and literally, another part of ourselves that wants to sabotage our own happiness. I mean, this show is really not trying to be obtuse. Yeah, it's basically saying there are so many versions of ourselves that we can be, and we can show up and you know pretend like we're God and we're better than everybody else and we're superior. Or we can be a sloppy, heaving mess like Jerry's version of himself in couples therapy is like he's like this worm with his butt <laughs> up in the air. He just gives his butt to everybody. Right? He just offers it up. You know, <laughs> Rick then, is like, he goes up to Rick, or no, he goes up to Jerry, his own Jerry, and his Jerry's mad at him. And then the guy's like, the, the little worm thing comes up, then flips around. And he's like, no, no, I don't want the butt. <laughs> I don't want that. <laughs> um, 
which the show is, if you think about that, you know, highly inappropriate, highly offensive. Uh, and I guess it depends on how you come to it. You know, I, I take it for that the creators are insecure, broken human beings like the rest of us. And I think that's why the show has such mass appeal for people who are not even into animation, because ultimately we get around to these very human questions that are not, I don't sit around and go, what is the meaning of life? I don't have like that big question. I just think, do you not ever think that like you wasted the last six of your hours, you know, hours of your life? How do yeah. I get that fucking time back? What am I doing to myself? Oh, I must be a piece of shit. Look at everybody else around me on Instagram doing really, really well. Oh my God, I'm going to go fucking drink. This is not helping. It's making it worse. Like, this is how I think. I don't think in these big fucking roomy quotes or, you know, I don't like, I'm not one of these people and I'm not making fun of people who do, but I'm not one of these people who actually can relate to stuff on social media where there's like this, this big, beautiful quote, because I'm always the messy bitch who says, okay, that's great Dalai Lama that you have this thought, but like you get driven everywhere and basically everything is done for you, dude. And I think it's awesome that you have all this time to sit around and think of these amazing things, but you don't drive in the fucking 405 and you don't have to like pay taxes and deal with just assholes all the time. And you don't have to like deal with Shit. Now, I'm the, I know he's been in hiding and, and whatever, but I'm just saying, and I'm just, I'm not picking on the Dalai Lama. Don't, don't write on me. Don't, look, he's an awesome dude. Whatever. I don't know. Um, I guess. I don't know the guy. I'm just saying, I don't like, that's what I love about this show is it's my kind of roomy quote. It's the way mine, mine kind of can go, even though I also recognize that the show is problematic. And we should not be looking up to characters like Rick and Morty. They are... These characters are all broken as fuck. Yeah. And, and, and Morty, I mean, on more than one occasion, and I think everyone tells Reagan, like, I hate you. You're terrible. Right. Yeah, he is, and he's a piece of shit. Oh. And it's a, it's a whole show about self-loathing. And, you know, it, Rick will even say when he's like, don't, don't read too much into this. You know, get off of YouTube. Get off of Reddit. You know, the show will be like, yeah. don't sit here and try to, like, read too much into the show. And I appreciate that about the show. But one thing I love about the show is it's like, you don't need fucking heroes. You know, you don't, we really don't need heroes that I know they can be comforting and you can look to them and whatever. And sometimes you need a higher power. I get it. But for me, you know, I think heroes can be distracting and the show fucks with that a lot. It's like, don't look up to Rick and Morty doesn't. Morty in the end doesn't look up to Rick. He's looking toward him to himself. And you know, the most well-adjusted character on the show is fucking Summer. Yeah. I think Summer is the least broken character on the show. Like, when her dad starts dating that, that Huntress chick, you know, the rebound, who is, he's the rebound, her rebound. She's like, oh my God, move on. Like, seriously, move on. Now, of course, she's huffing, you know, like pottery enamel and stuff like that. Well, I mean, it's like... But what kid doesn't? <laughs> it's, I, really, I really liked it when they started, you know, incorporating the whole family and seeing the different people, the different uh, characters of the family. I like Summer. She's, she has some she has some funny things, and I, I do think she's the most adjusted, you know. I mean, she's she's as fucked up as I mean, yeah, is your all, average person. Yeah, but I think her problems, if you weigh them on the scale, you know, they're going to be a lot less than the average. Yeah, character but on. then she well, maybe, but, but then I she feel, was she was that psych. Remember, she was that psycho kid that Rick had to build that make believe world for. No, that's Beth. Oh no, that's Beth. You're right. It's Beth. I'm, I'm just thinking. Yeah, yeah, Beth is all kinds of fucked she's, up. She's she's all. 
But Summer is like basically she's yeah. got you know she's got body dysmorphia. She's got all the stuff that you go through when you're you know you're growing up and just as a person. I don't think you outgrow yeah. some of that shit. By the way, um, all she has is a make believe uh, flying lamb friend. Yeah, that's all, all their friends are dead. I think you know probably I take that back. The most well adjusted character on the show is Mister Poopy Butthole. Um, he seems to have his <laughs> pun intended shit together. Because he moves on from Morty. He has yeah. a family. I mean, I think the show is like the person that you think is the most fucked up, may be the least attractive in the room, may be the least desirable, literally has their shit more together than someone who looks and comes off a certain way. I like how the show plays with all those kinds of things. But again, you know, I, I would I wouldn't be surprised if all of this is just us reading into the show. And I tried I went off to like do some research and I was like, you know what? I don't want to do that. Not with this show. It's yeah. not like we're trying to figure out like Mr. Robot or Game of Thrones or some other kind of thing we're watching. It's like, I think you take away from this whatever the hell you want to take yeah. away from it. I mean, what, what got me was, was, the, um, was that episode and, and, and having to think about, you know, a, you know, a storyline with multiple uh, dimensions. And then, because we've all, we've all had, you know, the stories of like... Um, you know, time travel and all this kind of stuff, you know, back to the future. But I never really thought of the concept of one character's, one dimension's characters having to switch over to another dimension's characters, uh, knowing that those characters are going to die and then you bury them and assume their place. Right. It's so bizarre. And you don't know at the end, like, whether Beth is a clone. And then, and that one too. And, and yeah. Are people close of each other or is this a replacement or is this a robotic version or is this a fish version or if this is a, whatever versions that Rick can come up with. But what was kind of profound about what they did with Beth uh, is that he gives her a choice. He said, you know, you've been struggling with this, you know, Jerry, I hate my family. don't want to be a parent kind of thing. To you get to choose. You can be a clone, and that clone can take care of the family and get along with everybody, and everybody's awesome, and you can go have adventures in the world, or you can choose it. Now, I'm reading this as I think there's a Beth clone. I mean, I think that's the clone I think Beth is out in the universe. Um, because the clone would not know it's a clone. Yeah. And it starts freaking her out that, you know, if she becomes sentient, Rick would have to kill her. Um, I like they were kind of left on that cliffhanger, but I don't know. I, I think... It, it could be if, both. It, yeah, but if, it feels like I don't like think it more. matters. It doesn't matter, but it's like, oh, is it a clone or not? Well, the whole point of it is that Beth, whatever it is, Beth finally gets to choose. That she can, this is her reset button. Yeah. And, you know, and the family does need Jerry in some way. Jerry is the glue that holds the family together. Jerry does have a purpose in this family. Um, even though the treatment of Jerry in season three has just been epic. With the wind literally <laughs> calling him a loser. Yeah. The wolf that comes and just uh, subsists off of his despair, who eats his paycheck, his unemployment check or whatever it is. <laughs> it's just a, it's a wacky series. Now, like I said, I don't think I could live off of Adult Swim fare. I think I'd need to be like um, a 14-year-old boy, you know, who yeah. would be into that. Um, but no this, offense to fourteen-year-old boys. Is a fourteen-year-old boy is actually the protagonist of the story I'm writing right now. So I love that. Oh, I'm about to say I love fourteen-year-old boys. That is so not what I meant. Oh my god, that is so not what I meant. 
I'm just saying. You just got recorded. Just dug that fucking grave. No. It, no, it, the thing is, it's like, it really is. But you I see think what I'm saying? It's like, it's, this is, that, that network is not made for people like me necessarily, but this show, I think, has jumped off of that network and is appealing to a large group of people. It's what I meant. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I'm glad it's on that network and they're able to do what they're doing. Right. I mean, that's what, uh, and there's a lot of awesome shows on Adult Swim. Uh Huge, amazing, fantastic shows. And then there's stuff where I'm like, okay, somebody just, you know, got liquored up or got stoned and they put that on the air. Which is, I think is good because it sort of uh, thumbs its nose in the face of that whole thing of you have to go through the process and you have to have an agent and you have to, like, get approved by someone. And a lot of this content, especially from Royland and Harmon, came out of their Channel 101 days where... That was an internet thing. I remember this coming out and it was very exciting. It was like, fuck the networks. We're just going to put our content out there and see who responds to it. And that's probably been one of the best things about uh, Adult Swim and, and content like that is it the stuff that just steps around all of the big process and says, let's see what the people want. And then you get shows like this. But there yeah. were a lot of fucking crazy shows on the way to you know, Rick and Morty existing. But you've got like Gravity Falls and blah blah blah, like all of these, you know, Adventure Time, yeah, wonderful like shit that's Falls. out there. I do too. Yeah, it's and he's a Williams a voice on there as well. But yeah, I think season three, I I was like, wow, and and I love that they took their time. This is why they take their time to make the show. They joke about it. It may be a long time before you see us again. Although I think Mr. Poopy Butthole's reference to you may see me with a Santa Claus beard. Maybe hinting at a Christmas special, possibly. Ooh, that might be nice. That could be it. Um, I don't know if that's could. I mean, that's just a one-off episode. That could be easily done. But I like that it took them like what a year and a half or whatever it was to to between the seasons. To Is that how it. long it took for uh, something like two that? And three? I mean, it wasn't. You know, it wasn't on the schedule. It was like I'm going to do it. You see a lot of creators kind of handling deadlines like that. They're like, I don't. I'll come back when I have something good. You know, let's not just put this on a schedule. Let's come back when there's material there that people want to watch. And yeah, it's a little frustrating to wait for a Westworld to come back around or a Game of Thrones to come back around or that long stretch of robot coming back around and things like that. But when it comes back around, you know it's going to be as good as it can be unless somebody like majorly fucks up. So... I'm, they can take their time. I I enjoy it. I enjoy what they do, and there's so much packed in there. Like I probably could watch you the could, show. Yeah. You could probably watch that whole th- all the way through again, you know, through season one to the end, and find new shit every yeah. time. There's so much they sneak in. Yeah, they have a, a lot of like really cool references in there. Like you know, they had the they had the the twin girls from The Shining, and you know, there's just there's so many things I noticed going. Oh oh eight. Hey. Oh, and your mind can't really... All that shit in the in the um, the White House. Right. You know, the fake moon landing. Right. And Washington crossing the Delaware. That's right. Just, they just put all these things, these things in the background. Because cause they have the time to do it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I, I really enjoyed it. I hope that we see a Christmas special. And uh, I don't know when the Szechuan sauce is coming back, but Justin we'll Roiland find... and Harmon single-handedly brought back. You said back. it's going to be at select locations? Yeah. 
So we'll have to find. We'll do it. Where they're doing it. Because I've never, I've never had the Szechuan sauce. The Szechuan sauce. So- sauce. That's what that it's all about, Morty. But can't you get it at the store, though? Can't you get Szechuan sauce at, like, Smart and Final? Not the McDonald's Szechuan sauce. Is there some kind of extra crack in it or something that we don't know? They have, a, they have their uh, thing. Is it the McRib of sauce? They is have it foreskins? Is Cassidy going to tell you that it's, it's, the extra, yeah. the special ingredient is foreskins? Yeah. That makes it extra creamy. Um... I don't know. That'll be fun. I just love that Royland just, he says that, you know, the whole purpose of season three is, you know, I'm going to bring back this sauce. And, uh, and then they sent him like three huge jugs of it, which is pretty cool. All right. Not much more to say about Rick and Morty. I mean, like it's a, it's really good. It's not a show that you need to pull apart. I don't think. No, but I mean, it's, it's, I think it's good to, there's a lot of stuff you can find in it, you know, you can, you know, it mix it mixes some, some real life truths with a lot of farts and, and, um, irreverence. I, I think it's. And a lot of people who are, are extremely broken. I think if you recognize that yeah. you go, it goes further along. If you're looking for a, the more, you know, you know, after school special lesson in the show, I think you're going to be extremely frustrated <laughs> But if you see it, and like somebody said, you know, the show is really cynical. I had a friend who was saying it was very cynical. And I'm like, I actually don't believe that at all. I think the show is quite uh, hopeful because it recognizes how broken shit is. I mean, I I haven't done a lot of therapy, okay? Um, I've I've done enough to know that I'm not a therapy person, which is probably what a broken person would say. Um, but I know that the, the, the first step, right, is admitting that things are fucked up. And the show kind of, like, lives there. Things are fucked up. And they're they're not even attempting to always find the answer. Although when Morty says, you know, hey, Summer, there's my, my, my body is in the backyard, dude. So why don't we just sit down and watch TV and, and just enjoy our lives? And I think sometimes the lesson of the, the story is there's not this big overreaching thing. The show doesn't necessarily tell you it's going to get better. The show just says, let's do this thing next because it's all we can do. If that's the lesson of the end, because this kind of advice is messy. Real solutions are messy as fuck, right? Yeah. And if you're looking for, you know, that's why I watch TV shows and it jerks me out of it. When, when people, the, the latest thing, well, actually this has been for years, but I've been noticing it a lot. Writers have been going to it where people go, I promise it's going to be okay. And I'm like, no person or character should ever say that to another person. You literally have no control over this world. And as soon as a character says that, I'm like, why do we even have this in our lexicon anymore? Why do we even have this? Look at the world around us, how unpredictable things are, how shit is so fucked up right now. Because we've got the storms in the Caribbean. We've got, you know, Texas and Houston and Puerto Rico and St. Thomas and on and on and on and fires all over the place and the mass shooting in Las Vegas, 59 people so far pop, that number could go up. All of this mass chaos. And so when I see somebody reinforcing this message on television of, I promise it'll be okay. It's not that I want like these shows to be like, oh, it's all going to turn to shit and blah, blah, blah. But I just think perpetuating that message of, 
I promise you it's going to be okay is not helpful. Yeah. And maybe that's just the way I see it. Oh. Well, I mean, some, some people like to, some people feel that they need that. They want to hear that and that know. calms them down. And I, you know, hey, and that's, like that's you know, that's your thing. I apologize. That's their thing. But I, 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 I mean, I, I agree with saying? you. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say. It's the conditioning. It, I, it's going to be okay. I, I don't think that's, you know. I don't know what you would say instead, but I think, you know, there's a way to be comforting without, I don't know, bullshitting yourself. Yeah. Uh, because then, you know, something comes along and it's not okay and that person isn't okay and bad things happen and you got to be prepared for that. So I guess it's like not setting yourself up for that. That's what I like about the show is they find a better way than I just did of saying, hey, you know, it, it's probably not going to be necessarily okay at all, but we can uh, go over here and do this thing. You know, let's eat dinner. Let's get the pizza you like. You know, let's, uh, which is a pretty horrifying way to live. That's why I relate to the show. Um, probably don't come to me for any kind of life advice is what I'm nope. saying. <laughs> I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. I should be no one's therapist. I'm no one's mother. I should be no one's therapist. I'm just saying right now. All right. So we'll be back very soon with good stuff that's happening. Uh, I keep, I tease it every show. A robot is finally back in one week, and so you can hear me stop teasing it and actually start talking about Mr. Robot, which is back for its third season. Third season. Yeah. If, you have, if you haven't caught up, go ahead and catch up. You have a little bit of time left. And we have Walking Dead around the corner. That's coming up, so that'll be fun. Um, yeah. That's a, I'm, I'm watching Lucifer. We're watching Ray Donovan. We're not really going to do shows on that, um, but we're kind of keeping ourselves busy with stuff. We sat up till... Um, the wee hours of the morning watching Outlander because okay. Ian insisted that he needed to see uh, the latest episodes. That's a lie. Of that Outlander. Absolute lie. He but we did me. watch it. He woke up and he sort of softly leaned over and started humming the song to Outlander and said, I really need to see the show right now. That's revisionist history My right there. My life is not complete unless I see Claire and Jamie on the screen. <laughs> so we were watching it last night and um i guess i'm sort of having a round of insomnia sometimes i do this seasonally and so uh yeah we watched four episodes in a row and i was singing the song and howling it out and ian kept saying this is your jam <laughs> i guess in some to some degree it is it's a little bit of a bodice ripper uh, you know but it, i enjoy it i enjoy it visually it's beautiful Get to see uh, Sam Ewan's butts, his buttocks. Uh, so it's good. Uh, that's what we're going to be doing uh, is talking about Jamie Fraser's uh, butt for the next two hours after we leave this podcast because that's what uh, Ian wants to talk about. No, I'm not. And uh, You're going to be talking to yourself. <laughs> and we will see you very soon with the next podcast of Ashlyn. We're so glad that you join in every week. Um, yeah, take care of yourself out there. Uh, be safe. It's a it's a crazy world. <laughs>